Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father, through His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Word of God that calls for our attention this morning comes to us from the psalm, particularly verse 3. For strangers have risen against me, ruthless men seek my life. They do not set God before themselves. So far our text. Enemies ruthlessly seek the life of their enemies. And we have seen this over and over again. You can pick your war. You can pick your battle. Whether it's a major world war or just a family squabble. You see just how ruthless some people can be. And for the psalmist, he's worried about the strangers. But sometimes the most ruthless are the ones that are closest to us. The ones we consider friends and family. They come with the idea of let us destroy the tree with its fruit, as they said of Jeremiah. Cut off, cut him off from the land of the living. His name be remembered no more. And as you remember from your own history classes, and I think it's still being taught that way now, history is always written by the victors. You want to know what happened beforehand? Well, it's all from their point of view. Because, well, they won. So they're trying to make sure that their enemies do not be remembered anymore. Now, how do I get Jesus into this? I mean, we're talking about ruthlessness, and that's not exactly a trait that we would consider for either God the Father or God the Son. But that's exactly who the perfect example of ruthlessness is. Because Jesus ruthlessly sought you as his enemy. What made you his enemy? The love of the things of the world. The loves of the things that make us happy, regardless of how it affects anyone else. As James says, if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, that makes you an enemy of God. Why? Yes, we all remember from the catechism that, yes, it says God is a jealous God. But when we use adjectives that describe God about us, the meanings get completely flipped upside down. Because when we compare ourselves to God, that's exactly what happens. Everything flips upside down. Because James goes on to continue, where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. Where there is jealousy and selfish ambition, what was given to us as a gracious gift by a God of order, becomes completely disordered and in disarray. And we have nobody but ourselves to blame. But still, Jesus ruthlessly sought you, not letting anything stand in His way, including the cross. The most vile of deaths that man had imagined up to that time, He allowed for Himself. Because when He came after you, He came after you with His love and with His grace and His mercy. We cry out in the Kyrie, like blind Bartimaeus on the side of the road, Lord, have mercy upon us. We can only cry that because we know that's why He came in the first place. 
to show us His mercy. We'll sing in a few moments in the offertory, Cast me not away from Your presence, and take not Your Holy Spirit from me. That would be, in our minds, the most ruthless action Jesus could take. To cast us away from Him. Take away the Holy Spirit. Take away our faith. Take away everything else. And cast us into the pits of hell. And we would say, yes, we deserve it. Every one of us. Just like we said at the beginning of the service. I, a poor, miserable sinner. But we are... We are ruthless to pray these prayers because we know that Jesus came not to condemn us, but to save us. To show us His mercy, even in a most ruthless death. He makes you, who was His enemy, into His brother or His sister. And He does that by being delivered into the hands of ruthless men. Men who sought his death with every fiber of their being. And he can say like Jeremiah, I was like a gentle lamb led to the slaughter. And especially the hymns of Holy Week and Good Friday give us that picture again. Like a lamb goes uncomplaining forth. We have those moments where we see Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, dying most ruthlessly. And we sang at the beginning of our service, thus with 30 years accomplished, he went forth from Nazareth, destined, dedicated, willing, did his work and met his death. As we'll sing during communion, he sighs, he dies, he takes my sin and wretchedness, but he lives, forgives, he gives me his own righteousness. Just as ruthlessly as He sought you out, He just as ruthlessly strengthens you to follow after Him. And He does this by giving you His Holy Spirit, by letting you come into His presence as we have this morning, and by delivering you from every trouble. As the offertory concludes, Restore unto me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with Thy free spirit. Bring me back into that moment when I have drifted away, walked away, even run away. Bring me back. Ruthlessly drag me back into your presence. Give me that joy once again. And we do that every time we approach this altar. Singing the Agnes Dei. That is nothing but a ruthless prayer begging for God's mercy right before we get it in Christ's body and blood. Knowing that neither life nor death shall ever from the Lord His children sever. Unto them His grace He showeth, and their sorrows all He knoweth. He gives us these things so that we might also be ruthless. Ruthless in seeking our enemies. Those who have never heard of Jesus or those who have walked away from Jesus. Not seeking to destroy them, but like Jesus, seeking to bring them into the family as well. And we are ruthless because we have the truth. We have the hope that everybody in the world wants. We know what the meaning of life is. We know 
what happens after death. We know because Jesus has told us. In our Gospel reading, He once again tells the disciples everything that is about to happen. And once again, Mark has to end with, and they did not understand the saying. But you and I, we understand. But in, even in that, even in our ruthlessness, we need to be humble. As we prayed in the collect, grant us humility and childlike faith. The little ones that, for the most part, listen. Maybe not to what you're saying, but they listen and absorb what's around them. And they just take it all in as this is what it's supposed to be. That's the way we approach the Scriptures. We come humbly, just listening and absorbing, knowing that this is what God has said, so this is the way it should be. And in that humility, we can throw out our ardent prayers, like we do for those who are being reached by the missionaries and all the other congregations around the world, for those who have walked away, that they may be brought back. That we can pour out all of our fears and our hopes and our cares, knowing that just as we are called to listen to Him, He also listens to us. And now we do this. We go out and we ruthlessly try to bring people into the church, not to pat ourselves on the back, not to be able to get to heaven and say, okay, how many people do I have on my tab? How glorious is my crown going to be? But we do it so that everyone may rejoice, that everyone may benefit from it. Because the love of Jesus, the love that is supposed to pour out of us, excludes no race or clan that names the Savior's name. His family embraces all whose father is the same. It's what it is to be a child of God. That is what it is to ruthlessly seek after those that He also seeks after. Not giving up. Most of the people in the room are Germans, and there is this kind of stereotype about being stubborn. Stubborn and ruthless are close, but not quite. Because ruthless also understands that maybe you aren't the person, but maybe you plant the seeds, as Paul did to the church in Corinth. And then Apollos came and watered after him, knowing that it is not you or I that get the credit for any of it, but it's God who gives the growth, because it is God who is ruthlessly seeking everyone. Amen.